Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. You know, in Simon Sinek's recent book, The Infinite Game, and I know oh, you're a big fan thanks. of his, but he talks about that and he talks about like Walmart, how when it was Sam Walton that, yep. you know, it was a people organization and yep. it was about the community. And then I can't remember the next CEO that came in and turned it into the stockholders, the stakeholders. Mm -hmm. It was all about the profit for them. And that's when they really started to suffer. And they said with the next CEO, and it's still kind of waiting to be seen. Right. He's turning it back into a people organization. So, but every organization has to focus on his people. Right? How can I, you know, that's why I have, I have issues with the word culture, right? So culture is forced upon you, right? Culture is, if you don't do this, you know, you're going to hell, right? You know, <laughs> that's culture. Community is you drank the Kool-Aid. But if I don't tell you what my community is, how can you choose, right? So it doesn't matter what the community is. All I need you to do is state your truth. Okay, this community is all vegan. We have no animal products. We do, but great. I like steak, so I'm not coming over there. I celebrate it. Be whatever you want to be. I just like to eat meat. That's just my thing. I was raised on it. I like it. I'm happy when I eat a steak. I just, I feel good. Probably not good for me, but I can't help it. It's a happy meter for me. I'm only eating with steak eaters. That's just kind of my cool. And so if companies got so politically correct that I can't figure out where my people are, then I can't be part of the community. The CEO's job is to serve those people, to serve those communities. So if you want to be a, a vegan company, then you have a vegan chef and you have vegan options and the seats don't have leather and there's probably no car, whatever. All those choices are made and I'm like, oh my God, this is my place. Then people know this is my thing. But if you're nothing, then we have mass confusion. Nobody knows where to go. Nobody knows where their community is. And your community changes over time, right? So when you're young and you're, you know, you don't have all these responsibilities of kids and house and all that stuff, your community looks really different. But as you get older, right, you have to define who you are. What do you stand for? What's your purpose? What is the legacy that you're leaving behind? And so that's why I look at people's people because you tell me who you are by who you hang out with. I'm like, okay, great. None of you people eat meat. Nah, none, not coming to that. The five closest people. That's right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm like, eat before you go to her party. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of lettuce there. Yeah. So I'm really curious. You talk a lot about your team and you know how important they are to you. How are you integrating, or what are you doing with our current environment? How are you handling that? It's so. This is what I this is what I love about I love the media. I love how they say that we're in this crisis and this whatever. So for entrepreneurs, nothing changed. Okay, people go, oh, we're in uncertainty. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm in uncertainty every day because I'm an <laughs> entrepreneur. I go, hmm, no idea how we're making payroll. None of, I'll figure it out. I got no idea. I'm like, thank God for credit cards because I have charged payroll more than one time on my credit card. Um, and so uncertainty is really just. This funny thing, because if any of you actually thought that you were living in certainty, I'm just here to tell that, you know, that's a lie, right? You know, that was, you know, somebody sold, that was a marketing, somebody created, there is no such thing as certainty. So you're no less uncertain now than you were before. 
we had a universal reset because the universe gave us so many warnings that we were not treating people correctly. We were behaving badly. We were self-medicating, overeating, over this, or we were over everything. So it said, okay, we gave you those warnings. You know, we sent in the plague and this, whatever. So now we're going to go reset. You say that you don't like your neighbor. You say you don't like your work environment. Guess what? You guys are all quarantined at home. Now do we all say, I would do anything if I could just go to lunch with that person I couldn't say. I, that boss I hated, I can't wait to see him. Right? We had to be reset on all the stuff that we were saying because we were spewing negativity. And so I don't see it the way people describe it. I think this is an amazing opportunity for you to figure out who, who are you, what makes you tick, where's your genius, and where would you like to share it, right? Because I also don't believe in being employed, right? Because it's no such thing as being employed. Let me inform you that we'll all be here, really. It's really an agreement. I'm going to give you my genius in exchange for something else. Now, the only two people in that conversation is what are you going to give me and what I'm going to give you. The rest of it is just the parameters of the agreement. But it never says I'm an indentured servant for X amount of dollars. It does not say that. And I can break the agreement and you can break the agreement, right? So when somebody says, well, I work for, I'm like, no, you work with. It is an honor that you work with, fill in the blank. And so change your vernacular and you change your power. Because you can go into your boss at any point in time and say, I would like to discuss the terms of our agreement because currently it's not working for me. And if you're interested, I'd like to share some bullet points on what I think we can do to make this relationship a little bit better for me. And I would like to hear what I could be doing to better serve you. I do not know an employer who would not welcome that conversation. I agree. I think, I mean, I recently had that conversation and in the past I probably would have been very scared to have that conversation. But I mean, when you enter it, with that type of attitude yes. and it's like, yes, you know, and it's a give and take, it usually goes pretty well. There so. isn't an employer who doesn't want an employee who has the ability to communicate, to say, this is working, mm -hmm. this is not working, and I'm not bringing you a problem, I'm bringing you a list of solutions that yeah. I think might move us in the right direction. That's the employee I wanna hire all day long because they're with me in the boat, bailing out the water as, you know, make sure it doesn't sink. Not that I hold all this responsibility. So I think that in a team environment, everybody's paddling in the same direction and for their own individual reward. And I just respect what fills you up. Not that I need to be filled up by the same thing. And at any point when I say, if you feel like you're carrying me, please come in and say, listen, I need to cut you loose, I'm getting a little heavy right? I'll be back. But for right now, I need to take care of myself or I need to take care of that. That's a healthy relationship because nobody should feel like an indentured servant. I agree. And I think that when you have that attitude and that relationship with the people you work with, I mean, it, it just makes it so much easier to go to work every day. And of course, if you like your job, that helps too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. You should be able to come in and go, listen, I'm really having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. So I might do a few things today that I guess have nothing to do with you, which is really on me. And somebody goes, oh, right, no problem. Yeah. Well, you know, what can I do you. to help you? Yeah, yeah. It's not the end all or be all. And yeah. I think those are healthy work environments. And people want to work in that environment. Because remember, where we work, that's our social life. That's our friends. Those are We spend more time there than when we do with our family. So the choices you make on who you give your genius to, who you're sharing it with, is a, it's, a, it's like 
choosing to get married. Like it's it's a big, you should think about this it's a, a little bit. Deal. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> deal. You know, people go, oh, I'm going to go work somebody else. I'm like, you need to evaluate where you currently are yep. and make sure that where you're going really isn't about you and it's just going to follow you and that it isn't yep. really a, you know, a, a trade up. Did you trade a seven for a seven or are you trading, you know, what exactly you're doing here? I agree. I had to make a pretty big decision a few years ago before I joined VIP. And I will tell you the one reason that really sold me on this is where I needed to be was the fact that they never said, we want you to come here and do this. Mm -hmm. The first question they asked me was, what do you want to do? Right. And when I told them and they said, yes, I was like, really? You're going to let me come and do that? <laughs> Which is so great. Right. Yeah. So that every day doesn't feel like work. No. Oh, you no. Know, it, it just, it, you know, and I say that too. I don't really feel like I work. You know, I love what I do. You know, I, there's, there are always challenges and things that push me out of my comfort zone, but I'm that type of person anyway, right? Because I'm curious. I'm always wanting to grow. I'm always wanting to learn. I love when I go, I'm not really sure if I, if I want to do this, I'm going to put my toe in the water and see how, yeah. how it goes. But yeah, I think it's learning. Well, and I mean, it's not like you've done one, two, three businesses. I mean, you've started your first business at 17 and sold it at 19. Yes. What yes. do you think propelled you to the top? What, what, what can we share with our audience that can help them rise to the top as well? Well, so it wasn't like I, you know, again, it's 17, right? It wasn't like I was like, I want to start a company and I want to do X, Y, and Z. I, my mother had committed suicide and I had legal custody of my brothers and I didn't want us separated. Mm. The state was going to separate us. And I was like, well, that can't happen. So I was like, the, the, in California, the law says in the means in which they're accustomed. So I had to prove to the court that I could provide in the means that they were accustomed. And so that's why I started a company. It had nothing about, oh, I want to start a company. I was like, no, I actually want to keep my family together and put food on the table. And there wasn't going to be like, like who was going to send me to college? Who? who? Well, I was 16. You know, I was like, okay, I need to step up and figure it out. And I'm going to fall down and I'm going to get back up and I'm going to fall down again. And I'm going to get real familiar with Top Ramen and the cans that are dented because <laughs> I don't know what's in the can, but I'm buying them in truckloads. And so it was that. And, and so when I learned that if I am driven by something that's important to me, my family is very important to me. And so I felt like it was going to be taken away. And so anybody in that position is going to figure things out. And so that's what I did. And then I was faced with another big obstacle. And I was like, well, if I figured it out once, maybe I can figure it out again and figured it out and figure it out. So I'm a problem seeker and then a solution creator. So it's never that I started a business because I was like, you know what I really want to do is start a business. No, it's always been, I think I can serve. I think I can provide. I think I can share. And if it's viable, then people will come. And then if it's not viable, I can take a look at it and go, okay, am I kind of, is it, you know, so sometimes you just got to go, yeah, that was really a bad idea. You know, <laughs> and I've had a lot of those. Um, and then you just kind of, you just forgive yourself and you go on. I've had a lot of oopses. I've had a lot of successes and I've had a lot of Hey, babe. Don't do that again. Hey, babe. <laughs> I'm going to say something. It's going to be a really big number. So I just want to let you know that there's been other big numbers that I brought you. And then there's <laughs> going to be these big numbers that kind of go the other way, you know? So, I mean, it just, you got to be willing to play the game. Gotcha.
So I'm really curious. I want to hear more about the genius key and how um, this assessment benefits individuals and business leaders and teams. Yeah. Okay. Tell me so about it. It's really so. It's so I I I'm old now. <laughs> Please. Okay. So I'm at, I'm at that you know place you kind of go. All right. Like I can see my headstone. So I'm like, what am I going to leave behind so young people can take something and do something with it? And so I was like, okay, if I learned everything over the last 35 years in business. I really think I'm a, I'm a, a really, truly a people expert. And so it's like, I am going to show people where their genius is as soon as possible in their life so that they can make quicker decisions and have less brain damage along the way, right? And for organizations, I was going to put in a people operating system so they can see that they can still make the money, their margins, actually way better. That's how we've done scale and have an incredible team that they feel proud of. So the genius key does two things, right? So when you go through the assessment on this side, it says, here are your keys, the keys that you came with innately. And here's the keys you've picked up along the way. Now, if you'd like, you can go a step deeper and it will say, oh, and by the way, these three keys that you're carrying around, yeah, were never yours ever put them down that's baggage <laughs> that's heavy those are not your keys not needed but these keys are where right you're going to scale with money and happiness and everything else that's one side of it the other side it takes a company or organization right and so everybody's heard about a company offsite right or mastermind or any whatever you want to call it we take a company we take them offsite and we determine from the board or your c-suite or your investor what is the goal or the desired outcome for this year. And then the matrix drops it into all of the keys that's needed. The system then does a match. So what you're gonna get is gonna go, hey, guess what? There are nine projects that fit your genius. And you're gonna go, eh, interesting. This one's three months, and this is what you're gonna get paid for. This one's nine months, and this is what you're gonna get paid for. This one is two years, and what you're gonna get paid for. And they're like, well, that's kind of interesting. Well, this one, what exactly what key are you looking for? Well, this key is looking for your ability to put things in the right order. This one's looking for your opportunity because you know how to network. This one, so you get to take a look at it. Then you go, you know what? This one here, three months, like the pay, only six people on the team, kind of interesting. And you click, I now know you're a white female. Until then, I don't know and I don't care. Because what do I care about as a CEO? Outcome. Do I care what school you went to? Nope. Do I care what pack? Nope. All I know is what you got, I need for the outcome. So now I get to work on a project with you. So I'm like, wow, she's a really great networker. So now I go on my way. Now we're working on a project six months from now. And I go, oh, so you're the networking key. You're like, no, actually now I'm in here. I'm actually handling the financial key. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you're, you're a girl, you're a white girl and you do numbers? Wow. I Because what do you only know? You only know your last best experience or your last worst experience. That's all the brain knows. So I'm gonna be like, wow, all this time they told me that white girls don't wanna do numbers. Look at that, that somebody was wrong, right? And so what happens is now your team gets to learn your keys. They get to see you in action. So what do they remember about you? Real experience, not hearsay. That's how a company becomes healthy, right? That's how people get to start to understand each other and why we're different. Until you have a next best experience, I can tell you all day long, you don't believe me. You have to have the experience 
for you then to shift your beliefs, your habits, and your behaviors, right? So I, this is one of my tests. I always say, if you open up your cell phone and you look at your contacts and you look at your favorites, if they all look like you, you're part of the problem. So, because you are a very cute little white girl, if everybody in your favorites are white people, you're part of the problem. Sir, you're an African-American. If everybody in your favorites are African-American, you're part of the problem. You have to be able to have the people, the input, the content has to be diverse if you want to live diverse, right? So, because I'm a foodie, right? You got to eat, you got to eat Indian food. You got to eat Chinese food. You got to eat Japanese food. You got to eat Italian food. You can eat a lot of different food so that when somebody says to you, oh, Italian food is spaghetti, you would go, actually, no, it's not. Right? It has nothing to do with being Italian, right? You have to have experiences for you to remember, imprint, and recall. And that's the problem that we have in our society is that we don't teach, we don't create experiences for integration. So if I accuse you of something, you say to me, well, I have an Italian friend. Oh, okay, okay. So that what makes you like Italians? Like it's, it's ignorance when somebody goes, well, let me prove to you because I have a, okay, I, got, I, I have a broke friend. So does that mean I understand being broke? Well, I have a rich friend. So does that mean it doesn't make sense when you actually say it out loud? It's what you demonstrate on a daily basis shows people who you are. And so you have evidence all around you of who you are. Look at who you talk to, look at who you hang out, have a dinner party, take a chicken, look around and go, you know what? It's kind of interesting that in this room, everybody kind of looks like me. So you're just robbing yourself of the richness of the world because it's in others that are going to impact you for scale. It's what you don't know and what you're not comfortable with, which is going to create the scale of brilliance, right? Because conflict is where brilliance is birthed, not just the everyday thing that feels good. So a company creates intentional conflict to innovate. They create intentional conflict. They do it all the time in sales, right? Because what happens? People go, mm, I want to be number one, right? It's conflict to fight and compete. And so you just have to figure out how that shows up with you in your world, right? So I require bits of curiosity and conflict and I, un I require times of quiet and stillness and peace. And so for me, if there's a healthy Amelia, if I live over here too much or I live over here too much, you don't get a good Amelia. You get a medium Amelia. But naturally, I will become a hermit. I will literally never leave my house. And so I have to force myself to also stay curious and come out and engage. And then like I'll go home and go, oh my God, she's so cool. Like she's the coolest. Like I need that in my life. Well, I think that was a lot of information and we are running up against the hour. So I definitely want to give anybody in the audience a chance to ask questions if you have some. So anybody want to be brave and step up? Uh, hi, I'm Trevor Houston. Uh, we met before the show. So uh, I got a question for you. Um, you had said that you, you're a coffee person. Yes. So do you, how do you drink your coffee? Black. Black coffee. Okay, yes. me too. I'm a big coffee person yes, as well. Yes, love black. Yes. Um, you have been dropping mics all over today. Uh -oh. I got to tell you that. <laughs> okay. That's we a good thing in trouble okay. as well. Okay. Good thing. Yeah. On my show, we have mic drop moments and we literally drop the mic. So, uh, you're, you're doing great. I think it's awesome. Um, I have a question for you. So you're obviously very successful. Uh, you've been sharing your genius all over the show. 
And what do you attribute to more of your success? What you know or who you know? Uh, definitely who I know. Because you have to earn that right. Like who you know isn't given. Like even if you're a lucky sperm club and I can give you my Rolodex, who you know is that relationship is nurtured and harvest. And the fruits of the relationship never come immediately. They come over a long period of time. And you never know in the beginning, right? And so in networking and in that relationship building, I always say, you just, on the way up, boy, be very, very careful. Because you're coming down. That's just the cycle. And so who I know is the people who pick me up when I fall. My network is really not about the upside. My network is there for the downside. When I'm like, hey, I need your help. Like I'm in trouble. Like I'm not really sure. Can I bounce something off you? Can you, you know, that's really, people think networking is about sales. Networking is about, man, I'm not really sure. What do you think about this idea? And somebody goes, ah, you know, that's actually, I would do this, not that. So it, who I know is what keeps me true to who I am and why I'm here. Does that help yeah oh absolutely who who is that person for you that the person you you just had in your mind that you're bouncing those ideas off of you're you're asking those questions who is that for you so when you go through the genius key and you create that vision the vision is broken into five parts and five parts are then assigned a witness and so i have a witness or a mentor for each area of my life so the person that i really want to help me be a better mother I'm really not looking for her help on other areas of my life. I don't go to one person for everything. There's too much pressure. I look for the person who emulates in their life, I wish I was that kind of mother to my kids. I, I look at, I've got some, like uh, uh, um, Anita and Ken uh, Colburn, the founder of Data Doctor. They have that marriage that when you see them, you go, wow, like, Thanks, I want that marriage, right? So they, I go to them when I'm talking about my partnership. You know, when I, I've got, you know, Rick Toussaint, who is like a number god, like I go, you know, can you just kind of run over? He's like, yeah, nope, mm -mm, nope, that is not right. That's, you know, I'm like, how would you know that? Right. So I have people in my life that I trust in that area of expertise and it changes every year. So every year on my birthday, I set a new vision, a new goal. I ask, I formally write a letter and I say, I'm asking you to be my witness on this, this goal and this achievement. And here's how that looks for me. So that is a formal agreement. Love it. So you have specific people for specific yep. niche things that you need. Yep. That I want to be better life. at. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You mentioned forgiveness a few times while you were talking, and I'm very curious what your definition of forgiveness is, because we have a lot of misconceptions about what forgiveness is and what it involves. Yeah. So. For me, it's, I call it a forgiveness walk, right? So you can only release what is being housed in an area of your body and mind in movement. It doesn't happen in stillness, right? You come into awareness in stillness, and then you've got to kind of get it out of you. And so forgiveness for me is me forgiving myself, right? It's me being able to say, I didn't show up at my highest and best self. I actually don't like who I am in that moment, right? And so um, there's 
something in Kabbalah or in Judaism that talks about as they move into the High Holy Days, they do a traditional ritual, which is writing letters to anybody that you might have wronged that year. So we all practice that within our company. We write a letter to say, you know what? I don't know if I served you best and I understand why you left as a client. Well, I don't think I served you best and I realize why we had that argument, right? So that there's nothing from this year that falls into next year and then we all walk to not make the mistake again. What am I going to do differently, right? Part of forgiveness is not me saying I'm sorry. It's I am sorry. I take full responsibility that I behaved badly. And what I'm going to do next time is I'm going to show up like this. Does that work for you? And for you to go, well, yeah, that would have helped. Or no, actually, Amelia, what I need you to do ahead of time, I needed you to take responsibility that when you charged in my room and acted like a total bitch, that you said, you know, I'm really having a bad day and I know we have a meeting right now, but I'm not prepared for it. So I need to give myself a timeout. That's what I should have done and for us to come into agreement so that I don't keep repeating a behavior that doesn't work for you. Because it's not about me, it's about you. That's what I think forgiveness is. <laughs> you got another mic drop, man. He, he should have brought like a whole like, box. I don't want a mic drop. I'm like, I don't know, I, I, I want to <laughs> see one of those, yeah. And that was Angie Hooper, by the way, happy at law. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Heather Armstrong, earlier also. Um, my question is about community. And your mm. people, well, that was my favorite part about what you talked about, because I'm always telling our clients, if you don't find your people, you're not going to find the job you love. So is there one thing that you can, a tip or something, that initial, how do you know if they're your people? Sure. So I have something, so I'm a big fan of Winnie the Pooh. Remember, I'm not born in this country, right? So when I, Winnie Pooh was like my thing. You know, my mom called me Piglet, you know, that was like my, you know, Tigger all over my place. And what I really wanted to name my kids that. And they were like, that's a bad idea. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm obsessed. So when I started trying to say, I want a community, it's hard to define what that means for you because you can't see yourself. Yeah. So I put honey pots, if anybody knows Winnie yeah. the Pooh, right? Okay. So I put honey pots all over my company and I said, when you're not here, what are you doing? And so people are like, really? I'm like, no, like, really? They're like, I'm doing laundry. I'm getting the tires rotated. I'm getting oil changes. I'm mowing lawns. And so I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do all the things in the honeypot so that when you're not with us, I want you to be an amazing wife and mother and a wonderful person to yourself. So my employees do not do laundry. They don't do dry cleaning. They don't do shopping. They don't do that man stuff. So somebody comes to our parking lot and they change all the tire rotations and all the oil, all the things that a CEO naturally goes, I'm not going to pay $39. I'm going to do 200 guards. I'm going to pay you $10, right? Right. So those type of things. What we do naturally to solve problems isn't what employees do, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing too. Like if you send me to the supermarket, I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to buy everything. Like, I don't know how to like stay on the list, Amelia. That's not what we're here. Stay on the outside, right? So my team goes and does, who like the shopping, do the shopping for all the company and everybody goes home on Friday with groceries. We go home on Wednesday with all clean clothes, yada, 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 yada. And so my community became the understanding that what I was pulling out of the honey pot, right? I'll call it the honey-do list, was things I was like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this. And I started to realize that I could do the things that they were struggling with 
in the pot. And so I started to get to really understand them because in my world, I didn't think they were struggling with house cleaning. I didn't think they were struggling with tutoring, right? So big thing right now, you talk about this COVID mm-hmm. thing. A lot of my team was struggling with kids at home trying to learn and they were trying to be business people and the kids are taking over the computer and the bandwidth and all whatever. <laughs> so, I was like, yeah. so I was like, wait a minute, I can solve this problem. And so I was like, okay, you don't need a school system. What you actually need are tutors, right? So we have all these teachers that are also not working. So I was like, hey, can I hire you so that we can have an online math class because I need it because my kids out math me. I'm like, I don't know new math. Like, I, I don't, what do you mean we don't show the work anymore? Like, how do we know the number, right? <laughs> you know, that kind of, you know, so we had a French class, we had all this stuff. I brought in the resources because my team was burning out. And I was like, listen, this still applies. Even though we're not in the same building, what are you struggling with at home? They were struggling that there was no more date night. And I was like, ooh, you got a tent? You got a tent? Because we're going to bring over a babysitter and you and your husband are going to backyard and you're going to have a night in the tent. They're like, come on. I'm like, no, marshmallows, s'more. You cannot argue over marshmallows and s'mores. This is not possible. (laughs) And so like these ideas that come up to my head that, you know, people think I'm crazy, but then they're like, guess what? We were in the tent. We had a great, I like my husband. I'm like, see, you just needed some, they need a babysitter. babysitter. So it's it's those things that a CEO has to understand that what your team is stuck on isn't what you're stuck on right? And that is what builds a community because now what happens is you can trust me when you go, okay, you know, this is going to be really stupid, but you know, been nine weeks, kids been home, got four of them. We're fighting, right? I'm like, okay, I can solve this problem. So you trust me and I trust you. And that's where the heart of a company comes from. Genius. Thank you. That's why she has the genius key. <laughs> All right. So we are running out of time. So I definitely want to be able to ask you our VIP questions. Thank you, everyone, for your great questions. Those were really awesome. Um, and thank you for being here today and answering and spending so much of your time with us. So um, are you ready for the VIP yes, questions? I'm ready. Okay. I, I can't wait to hear what you're going to say, please. <laughs> so if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Yeah. So I, I, I think that I love these type of questions um, because I always wonder, are you really looking for my logic here, right? Because I'm rooted in, like, I'm very logic, right? So my question would always be, well, then I would always bring a Mars expert with me and I always would bring a engineer to whatever, wherever we're living up there, I won't be able to fix it, right? So very logic oriented on this is what we would need to be survive. But then I sit back going, well... I wouldn't want me to be the one surviving. I'm too old. I can't reproduce. I mean, I'm not really the person who should be up there. I Are you a, refusing to go? I wouldn't go. I would send a bunch of young people who were really kind of hot to trot and who could then cycle and make sure that they had, you know, the space unit with a great engineer and the master of Mars, right? So you could figure out how to plant. I would send other people because that's not my work. It's th- to colonize. My work now is to leave behind and be like the intel on the inside. I want everybody else to take my genius keys and apply it to your work, bring your genius into it. So I wouldn't go. I have no interest in going. You're the second person to refuse the trip. <laughs> it wasn't Elon Musk, I'll tell you. That. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Although I do get a lot of Elon Musk. Take yeah. Elon Musk yeah. with those. That's awesome. So what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Mm, that's a good one. Um, so I require nature. Mm. Okay. So in order for me to be my highest and best self, um, I meditate every morning. 
um, and I walk in nature because I learn from nature. Any, any question that I have, nature has already answered. And so I look to nature to solve what's going on in me. So I, um, I have a huge uh, koi pond and waterfalls in my backyard. Love it. So I sit by that. I walk about, I, you know, feed the dogs in the morning, I feed the fish. And so walking in nature in the morning is what sets the tone for, am I ready for today? And then when nature tells me I'm not, then I don't. So there's a lot of times where I'm like, you know what? I can't serve at my highest today. Something's not right. And so I take that day off that I only serve on the days that I can give you my best. I love that. I love that. Because you deserve the best. Absolutely. So my final question, and I'm super curious to hear the answer to this one. Uh Uh-oh. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? So um, everybody in my company does their headstone. So my headstone's already done. It's in my office. So I've had to figure this out for myself. So I don't get She's the best wife. Yeah, that ain't on there. You know, she's a great mom. Yeah, I don't get that trophy either. Um, my headstone says she made a difference. That's my destination. That every day I get up and I try to make a difference. Simple. It's genius. Simple. <laughs> Simple. That's it. Well, Amelia, I cannot believe how fast this time went today, but I just have one last thing to say to you. Okay. You are a VIP. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We get to keep them well. (laughs) And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.